Um, this weather has caused a, a lot of, of accidents. If you've, if you've seen people that have been stuck on hills, uh, they've been off in ditches. And why did that happen? Well, because most of the time people are careless when it comes to driving on ice. You know, if you have four studded tires, you can go almost anywhere in ice. But if you don't have that, it is a very dangerous situation. This morning our lesson is entitled Careless Soul. And so many people are careless with their souls. So many people are, are, are not prepared to meet their God. Years ago when I was a sophomore in high school, we had a pallet shop, and um, me and God knew my dad, and, and if you knew him, you knew that he expected us to work hard, and there was, there was no doubt about it. But we had this one machine that we called a resaw that you would take these boards, and we would, we would cut the boards to length, <clears throat> and these happened to be 27 inches long, which is not very long. And we had this machine that you would put, you would put the board into, and it would pull the board into the saw, and it would split it in two. So you take a one by four, one by six, and split it into a half. Well, one day we was out there working, and I'd done this no telling how many times. But I was, I was feeding that, that lumber through there, and all of a sudden this roller that, that we had, and, and in case it didn't have enough grip, they had, they had welded strips down it. So we make sure it grabbed hold of it, but it grabbed my glove. And before I knew it, my hand was going into that going uh, into that roller, and I pulled as hard as I could, and I ended up thankfully only breaking one finger and losing the very end of my thumb. You know why that happened? Because I was careless. Careless means that you're not being cautious, and you know it was something that I had done so many times in my life. I mean, every stack that we had would have 150 boards in it, so we would, you know, 150, and it'd take about an hour. But we'd done that all the time. I'd done it for years. But I became careless, and because of that, I was hurt. I think it hurt my brother more than it hurt me. Because he had to go out and pick up the glove that had the end of the thumb in it. <laughs> but anyway... My, my dad had carried me to Dr. Kelman and it didn't work very well. Dr. Kelman looked at me and said, I can't help you. You, you need to go on to Columbia. Uh, but anyway, to make a long story short, that just shows one example of how so many times we are careless in life. What about the school? You know, as a kid, you're walking down the hallway, you're not paying attention, especially now you've got the phone in your hand and you bump into somebody and Sometimes you get hurt, sometimes it ends up, I mean, you end up um, uh, maybe even in a fight. Why? Because you were careless. The whole point this morning of the lesson is for us to really examine ourselves. If you look at the scripture that was posted, 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. And that's something that we all have to do each and every day. We have to examine ourselves where do we stand in relation to God. When you think about life, what is the most important thing in life? Well, some people would say, well, I, I guess my, my home, uh, my, my physical possessions that I have. No, that, that's not going to be it. Well, it could be my family. Is that still the most important? 
even though your family is to be of your top priority and you're supposed to take care of your family, if you don't take care of your family, the Bible says you're worse than an infidel. So does that mean that my family is not the most important? It's not. Christ said in Luke 14, verse 26, If any man come unto me and hate not his father and his mother and his brother and his sister and his wife and his kids, he cannot be my disciple. Of course, the word hate there doesn't mean what we think of hate. It means to love less. You can't love your, your spouse, you can't love your kids, you can't love your parents more than you love God. So if, it, if it's not my material possessions and if it's not my house, and what about my job? Is that the most important thing in life? No. Jesus said it pretty clear. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, He says, For what is a man profit if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his, for his soul? The most important thing in life that you have is your soul. The Bible tells us in Genesis 2 and verse 7 that, that God breathed into man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the one thing that you have that you're going to have to give back to God at some point is your soul. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse, or 12 and verse 7 talks about how that uh, the, the dust shall return from the, from the earth from whence it came. That's your body. But your soul shall return unto God who gave it. So it's very important as we think this morning about being careless. We don't want to be careless with our souls. Now it tells me that, that you're interested in your soul because you're here today. There's so many other things that you could be doing. You could have said, oh, it's just too bad I can't go today. But we're glad that you came and, and it tells me that you're interested in the spiritual things of life. You know, the truth is you can have all the other things we talked about. But if you lose your soul, what have you gained? Right? That's what Christ was saying. I mean, you can have the nicest home, you can have the best job, you can have even a great family. But if you lose your soul when this life is over, what's it worth? You know, you think about eternity as something that our minds cannot comprehend. It is the finite mind trying to, to, trying to comprehend the infinite mind of God. You, you just can't do it. Eternity is forever. Why are some people, and I will say a lot of people, why are they so careless with the very most important gift that God gave them? It's their soul. Why are they careless with it? I guarantee you they got insurance on their families, most of them. They got insurance on their cars, they got insurance on their homes, they got insurance on everything that they have. But the one thing that is the most precious, the most important, They're not prepared. In an audience this size, there's no doubt there may be people who are not Christians. And if you're not a Christian, if you have never obeyed the gospel of Christ, can I ask you a question? Why not? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. As we And Adam did a great job with the table this morning. As we, as we gather around the table and, and thank God for the sacrifice that Christ made, 
What is keeping you from obeying the gospel? What is it that's holding you back? Is it somebody? Because if you're letting somebody hold you back from obeying the gospel, that's not a good thing. Is it something that's holding you back? No matter what it is, no matter what it is that's holding you back, don't let it hold you back anymore. Because Christ said that he that is... Um, you know, in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be condemned. If you're outside the body of Christ, there's only one way to get in. And that's by and through Him. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man come to the Father but by Me. You go to the book of Acts and you begin to read all the different things that happened in Acts. Every single case from Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost to Acts chapter 16 with the Philippian jailer, what did they do to get into Christ? They heard the Word of God. They didn't know what about the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 talks about, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Where's our faith come from? If I didn't have the Bible, friends, I wouldn't know anything. Would you? Would you know what to do if you didn't have the Scripture to read? So once I, once I read the Scripture or somebody tells me about it, as Rick mentioned in his prayer, and I appreciate that, what do I do? Well, once I hear it, do I believe it or not? And that's, that's kind of where, what it comes down to. Do, do I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do I believe that He died on the cross? Do I believe that He was resurrected from the grave? Do I believe that? That's the decision I have to make. So hopefully, you believe that. Well, in Acts chapter 2, the first gospel sermon is preached. Up until that point, the church has always been talked about as something that's coming. But in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, as they preached the gospel sermon... The people were pricked in their hearts. Acts 2 and verse 37. And they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answers and says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty plain to me. It's telling me, okay, you need to repent. Repent of what? Repent of your life. Realize that the course that you've been walking, that the way that you've been living is not what God wants from you. God wants you to live good lives. He wants you to live holy lives. He wants you to live according to His Word and be baptized. Well, there's one other thing there. is Jesus said that we need to confess that He is the Son of God. He made that clear in Matthew 10, verse 32. Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Would you be willing to confess that before men? If you're willing to do that, then you've confessed that He is the Son of God, and then you're ready to be baptized in the water grave of baptism. And I realize that, that baptism is something that polarizes a lot of people in our, in our world. But I've never really understood why. Because it is a recreation of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord. We are dying to our sins, we're being buried, and we're being raised to walk in newness of life. Why is that so difficult? It's not. 
And here's the thing, it is what God has told us to do in His Word. It is in every example in the book of Acts, as I mentioned. Even in the Philippian jailer when, when you know, Paul and Silas are in jail and, and they're singing at midnight and, and all of a sudden this earthquake comes and the doors are, are open, the jailer's going to kill himself and Paul says, hey, don't do that. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. So he's, he comes in with a light and, and, he's, and he says, Sirs, what must I do? They went home with him, which is highly unusual, that he carried them out of the jail, carried them home with him. He washed their stripes and they taught him Jesus and he and all his family were baptized. So my point is, if you're outside the body of Christ, why? What are you waiting for? I want you to know this, the, uh, and, and I'm not the judge. I don't want to be the judge. I don't even be. No, I don't want to be the judge myself. But here's the point: Jesus says, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned." If you're outside the body of Christ, according to what He said in Mark sixteen sixteen, you stand condemned. Why stay there? Well, Johnny, I just can't live the Christian life and I can't do everything right. I don't know that God ever asked you to do everything right. Matter of fact, He didn't. He asked you to depend upon Him. He asked you to give your life to Him and put your life in His hands. It's amazing what God can do with you when you submit to His will. When you allow Him to direct your footprints. If you're outside the body of Christ, I hope you'll think about it. My weight. Brother, we have no hope of tomorrow. We have no promise. We have no promise of, of tomorrow coming. What we have is right now. Now, those who are outside the body of Christ are being very careless with their souls. What about those who have been become members of the body of Christ? They, they went through the plan of salvation. They've become part of the body. But yet they separate themselves from the body. Is it possible to separate myself? I don't think you ever separate yourself from the love of Christ. Romans chapter 8 talks about that. You can't separate yourself from the love. But can I walk away from God? You can. First Peter 1 verse 5 talks about how we are kept by the power of God. But we're kept as long as we want to be kept. God has given, has given you the opportunity to make your decision as to whether or not you want to remain a faithful child of God. That's up to you. Now, He wants you to. God's not willing that any should suffer, that all should come to repentance and all live godly and, and solely righteously and godly in this present world. That's what God wants. But if you've walked away from Him, do you realize what kind of predicament that you're in? Do you realize that, that again, you, you are standing condemned before God where you were saved? You were in a saved condition. The Bible talks about this in 2 Peter chapter 2. If you want to turn there, 2 Peter chapter 2. And, and in this passage, he talks about what it means for those who walk away. How does God look at it? 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20. He says, For if after 
They have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Alright, let's stop there. What does that mean? That means somebody who has come to know what they need to do in order to be saved. That's talking about somebody who is outside the body of Christ who realizes, hey, Jesus died for me. I want to become obedient. I want to live for Him. Alright, so they become a New Testament Christian. But notice what happens. If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. You see, once you become a Christian and you decide to turn away and walk away from God, Peter says it's worse than it was in the very beginning. In verse 21, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it's happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is washed. I'm sorry, the dog is turned to his own vomit again in the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. You know, when you think about that, that that's a horrible description. And we've all seen it happen. We've all seen dogs do that. And we've, if you've ever been around a hog farm, you, you can wash your hog up and make it the prettiest hog in town, but it's going right back to the mud hole. What do you think God thinks when He sees that from His children? Well, what, does he, what does He think when He sees us just turning and, and, and walking away from Him and going back into sin and living in sin? That's not what God wants for us because He knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. There's nothing in Scripture that you'll find the, the commands of God that tells you something to do or something not to do that's going to make your life worse. I promise you. Everything's going to make you better. Everything's going to make your life better. Careless. Don't be careless with the most important possession you have. And by the way, you 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 know we can sit here this morning and we can say, well, I, I know what so-and-so's done. I know what they... I don't care about what anybody else has done. And I don't care where anybody else sits. What's important is you, yourself. And I'm pointing to myself, me. Where do I stand? Where do I stand in relationship to the love of God? No doubt God loves me, but do I love Him? Have I become obedient to His will? There's people who say all the time, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love God, but yet they're not willing to be obedient to the commandments that He's given. Do they truly love Him? Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love Me, you'll do what? You will keep My commandments. If that wasn't enough, He turned around and said almost identically the same thing in John 15, 14. Eternity is going to be a long time. We have this opportunity on this side of eternity because of the blood that Christ shed on the cross for us to make things right with Him. If you're here today and you're outside the body, please become obedient. Please do what you need to do. And I will tell you this though, you need to know this. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 3 and 4 talks about how that the devil will blind the eyes of those who are outside the body. That's what he does. 
He blinds the eyes. He will blind the eyes of people where they'll say, well, one day, one day I'll do something. One day I will make a decision. One day I will become a New Testament Christian. One day, the sad part is, brethren, what if that day never comes? Paul says, behold, now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Where do you stand this morning? Don't allow your soul to be carelessly lost because the price that was paid on the cross was so invaluable. It was so amazing. And I love what Adam said this morning. Jesus shed enough blood for all of us. And He did. This morning, if you're not a New Testament Christian, why not obey God this morning? Believe in Jesus with all your heart. Be willing to repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Christ that He is the Son of God. And then be baptized. Oh, but Johnny, I'm not worthy. And the truth is you're not. But none of us are. But please, become a New Testament Christian this morning. If you're outside the body of Christ and you need to come home, please do that today. Don't put it off another day. Make your relationship right with God. I promise you you'll sleep better tonight. And I promise you your life will be better. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. If you need to come, please come as we stand and sing. Praise my name, Paul. Jesus.